I love your work. I love your music. I oh, think you. Yeah, I've been listening to it. Um, what's the uh, what's the myopia all about? Short sightedness or tunnel vision? Um. So the interview started now. Yeah. Yeah, we've been, <laughs> we've, <laughs> no we've been started. <laughs> no, I had no idea. It's just very casual. It's like you know, it's just a conversation. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just uh, super, just casual. <laughs> not your usual. Yeah, it's not. Okay, so it's just like uh, it's relaxed and just right. just conversation. Okay. Yeah, so I, I should explain myopia. Um, if you want to, <laughs> you don't have to. You're not under no obligation. Yeah. The album I made before is called Citizen Glass, mm -hmm. and it's an album about how our uh, perception and the way we see the world is skewed by technology, and especially the way we see ourselves. Mm -hmm. And also, in a way, it sort of make us present ourselves in a different way. And through, so, through the phone and all that. Yes, but also in a more sort of um, fundamental way, the way we um, understand our own identity and uh, understand our, s our own story. In a way, that's something great about it because you have sort of pushed to to become a little bit artistic around your yourself like no mm -hmm. i think before it was artists were the only ones who sort of create themselves yeah and made yeah. like a story about their life and now we all sort of by technology pushed to do that and i think that has a creative potential that's interesting mm -hmm. but there's also something something strange about um viewing yourself from the outside i'm not sure it's necessarily a healthy uh, um starting point Right. For uh, it's not necessarily s nice to look at yourself in an objective sense. You're removed from your own subjectivity. So that Wait, that what, do you, what do you mean by that? I mean that you see yourself from the outside. You're not just in your in yourself in the moment. Right. And you're you 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 see yourself with others' eyes. I think we are all we all have to do that in certain degree, but it's. But you see, you look at yourself as an artistic project or aesthetic thing. Yeah. When you have, for example, a social media account, like even as a private person and you are displaying different things, you are suddenly aware of this narrative. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and, uh, and why do you think that's unhealthy, potentially? I think it's both healthy. healthy. Yeah. It's, like it's interesting creatively, but right. uh, uh, I think it's... I don't think it's always good to step out of yourself like that and it can certainly create an element of paranoia and and yeah, uh, sure. um, especially yeah. if you smoke a joint i find exactly. like <laughs> it, if i post something and then i smoke a joint i'm like why did i do that i, I can't what what i'm an idiot what am i doing like you <laughs> okay. get freaked out yeah yeah you know yeah because well. it makes you it, i don't know it makes you sort of yeah, that intensifies that sort of self-perception or something yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there can be many reasons why. You know, I think in a way the the, the human beings that are alive today, the, the, the end result is because we survived on the savannah because we were paranoid and awake and mm -hmm. weren't 
eaten by a big animal mm. and but we so we have all these alarm systems in our heads that will that are triggered and uh, and I don't think the way the social media works is very is good for that part of our brain so we have to sort of bypass it in different ways but um but I also think there's something uh I also thought it was something in our culture like we have a lot of biographies coming out and a mm-hmm. lot of albums that are very personal mm-hmm. so in a way I was it's like an an ideal we have in our culture to reveal ourselves to reveal ourselves yeah yeah it's really it's it's interesting but i that, that that's the ideal we have today and what I, we're I, doing right now doing exactly. a podcast it's almost like a public form of therapy then yeah. So it takes it to another place as well. Yeah. That that what is interesting about podcasts is that you're very close to people without seeing them and you can sort of it's like you step into their minds and you don't have the the visual cues. So I th- I feel like you experience it in another way. It's the same with music. I feel like you can get very close to people without you don't have to think about their how their physical beings or, or all these sort of social cultural cues is another way of experience and i think podcast does the same thing so it's for me it's not for me it's definitely much more freer medium than the, all the visual social media mm-hmm. uh, forms yeah and that's citizen glass that was citizen glass okay so i was doing that and i was trying to find sounds that was representing this experience of being uh, that your perception of yourself and the world is being skewed by technology mm-hmm. and also a sense of paranoia. And then I realized that my own mind is also skewing things. It's not like it's not I can't just blame it on, on technology. Mm-hmm. And um and it's it's a strange thing. I have this mind that I guess maybe everybody does. It's it's like it's a superpower. I can focus on something really intensely uh, in an intense way, so I can finish an album and I can work very long time on, on the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it's also like a, a sort of a curse because I can also obsess about extremely bad things. And it's yeah. yeah, so it's I'm even and I'm also even afraid of the internet because I can. If there's something I get caught by, I will just jump into that rabbit hole, and then uh, six hours later or twelve hours l- later, I'm like, "What? What did I just do? You know, now I know everything about this thing that I <laughs> yeah. sounds familiar, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I, but do you do anything in order to um, sort of deal with that situation? Like, for instance. I, I I practice yoga every day like that like purposefully like uh, or get a mantra in my head or like like I, I guide my mind in the direction I want it to go actively like that's one thing I've become more and more aware of do you do something similar meditate I, I used exercise. to meditate and yeah. exercise as well but uh, I haven't done it for a while so maybe that's why I'm I feel my brain is more scattered Actually, I would say working on music has a similar effect. Similar, yeah. I agree. I feel it's like it really makes me focus, and but now, for example, because there's a new album coming out, then I have to do all this promo, and I feel like my whole mind is just a big scattered, weird thing. So mm-hmm. I'm l- sort of longing for something to sort of 
focus things and so maybe I should do some meditation but uh, yeah I have different techniques so when I make an album I for example I don't have a smartphone and I don't have internet on my on the computer I work on I try to sort of really limit um, yeah limit this tendency of jumping into random rabbit holes mm -hmm. so you stay focused yeah but the album the album is it's not like the album is just about that it's it's uh, uh, as a I mean the way I'm working but it's about um, it's about this uh, this tendency of the mind to color things mm -hmm. and to or to over focus this tunnel vision and trying to understand it and, and trying to because as soon as you get aware of this thing in your mind you also in a way, you can't trust your mind. You realize you can't trust how you perceive things all the time. Mm -hmm. And that can be um, very destabilizing. And yeah. uh, and so I wanted to explore that and even just understand it myself from a musical perspective, which is sort of, I feel like is the most, is the, is the most sort of whole perspective I have if I have to investigate something. Uh, because when I, if I only inter uh, investigate it intellectually, then it's, it's in a way it has nothing to do with me anymore. But if I do it with music, it's with the entire of my being. Yeah, you've invited your soul for the ride. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah because that's how the soul speaks. Yeah. 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 I think like music is like the language of God. Yeah. That's what the the Sufi says. Is that uh, what the Sufi says? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any kind of prayer practice or any sort of belief in a higher power or anything like that that it, it ha factors into any of this? I I say that I ask that because I often ask for help, and I and um, from a higher source, whatever that may be, just because of the. The, wild, the way this world is. I feel like this whole world is pushing us to do that. I was curious of your perspective on that. I think I have this theory that music might be something left from when we were underwater creatures. And we were, you know, you know like the certain kinds of whales? Mm -hmm. They have a collective uh, nervous system. So somebody feels pain and all of them feel pain. Are you for real? They yeah, do. They, they, do. <laughs> they have a collective nervous system. I think yeah. humans do too. I think we are just unaware of it. Yeah. That's certainly how I feel. It's like we yeah. all have this, like, I don't know. And they sing underwater. They sing, exactly. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. it's so beautiful. And, uh, and we were all these water creatures once too and I don't know maybe music is sort of a relic from that from when mm. we just want to be one again you know and and feel the same thing and or make sense of it because I guess in many ways we do feel the same yeah and, and even if we want to believe we are these singular individual unique beings uh, but but yeah yeah, I but that's my best bit for what what music is about, and and uh, maybe all of us doing music and all of us listening to it, we are just we are just longing for this. Trying to return to the sea. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the next album. <laughs> <I'm> t- yeah. <laughs> Aquaman Blues. That's the name of my new tune. <laughs> but your music does have that ethereal, like I can, when you as soon as you said that that it's re- like you know come, resonates from the sea or whatever. It does have a quality like that. It makes sense. Yeah, I, yeah, well, yeah, it's always really hard to talk about your own music. Yeah, um, of course. It's like, yeah, but... It's, uh, it's but hard uh, to talk about music in general. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's also, I think that what I like about music is also that we, none of us really know what's going on. Why, why are we so affected by these sound waves, mm-hmm. you know? Vibration. Yeah. Do you ever tune to 432? 432 instead of 440 uh no is that like an early music uh tuning or well if you that's a good rabbit hole next time you allow yourself to go <laughs> on the internet <laughs> <laughs> um try, check out 432 432 okay. yeah uh i think it could be inspiring for you it's like a frequency where well it's it's, it's like it the sound waves, the vibe, the sonic, the sound waves, and the vibrations are much more sort of symmetrical and beautiful. Ah. It's a, it's supposedly like it got tuned to 440 to be more sort of aggressive and more like mm, 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 more hard angles. Yeah. Um, whereas 432 is more just like you know a flower. So that means every time you're singing out of tune, you're just going for that. That's well, subconsciously. No, but everything would be tuned to 432. <laughs> yeah, but maybe, yeah, yeah. But I do like out-of-tune singing. Yeah, yeah. It does, <laughs> out-of-tune singing is, te- a little out-of-tune is more emotional. Yeah, yeah, you just gave me the best apology for singing out-of-tune. Yeah, but yours, you don't sing out-of-tune. Oh, yeah. Um, at least not to my ears, but then again, I don't have perfect pitch. But yeah, check out 432. 432, okay. That sounds, uh, you know, is it, is it connect, there's like... This medieval tradition where they think they can communicate with the universe. Yeah, that's 432. That's the one? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, and so lately I I write and I record. I've been doing it all in 432. Ah. But it's kind of a pain in the ass because then like your soft synths and stuff are all 440. And you go, some of them allow for you to tune down to 432, (laughs) but not all of them. But like, um, I love what you're doing with your voice and stuff like that and how you're doing this uh, detuning process and stuff on, on the new on the new track I heard. It almost comes off sounding like a Mellotron when it goes to the low voices or something like that. Or is, or is that all you and then you've sampled it down or tuned it down or what? It's just my voice. So I, yeah, I just... Uh, I just sometimes I really just like my voice pitched down more than my actual voice. Uh-huh. I would love to be able to sound like that. I would love pitched like down. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wait, wait uh, how do you pitch it down? I just use a pitch shifter. A sam- oh, okay. And then I'll then I'll sing. You know, if I decide to pitch it up five semitones, then I'll play five semitones higher and sing it five uh-huh. sem- and then take it down it's a little bit of project as soon as you have more voices going on 
and it's not always sounding good so you have to sort of sing to the pitch uh, so yeah. it sounds good huh? that's cool what what pitch shifter do you use uh, i just i'm working in logic i just use that one and then i use uh, another one called elastic pitch oh okay which is very natural sounding yeah and you're doing the records all on your own basically or recording and writing i mean and producing and mixing and everything um, outside help come in um i do it myself and um and uh, the, uh, the the you saw the guy who came in the tall guy there was three tall guys. Three tall bulk. <laughs> yeah. And when I walked in, there was a strange <laughs> energy. And I was like, that's wild. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, because of the film stuff. Yeah. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. That I, wasn't, I didn't have the inside scoop on the drama yeah. going on. Yeah, but this, I, I hate getting filmed. But I the know. tallest guy. But you're so film. Re- I mean, you look twice as good as anyone else in this room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so at least twice. At least. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Double digits when compared to me. <laughs> Very kind. <laughs> you know, so you got nothing to worry about. But, but it's yeah. it's not so much how I look. It's like I love, I I don't know. I just I I love radio. Yeah. And I also love that you that you forget about the camera, which I know right. it's possible. And um, but mm. as soon as like, basically, you know, the label they sent me a list of promo, and then I just yeah. see filmed. No, no. No, and it's not uh, because I'm like super afraid of looking uh, ugly or something. Yeah, uh, um, it's more like uh, that I'm really bad at forgetting about it. Oh, the camera, okay. whereas radio, it's very, it's very close to just making an album. Yeah, where you, yeah, it's just uh, it's another kind of being, and, um, and then I also had like a lot of bad experiences for promo before where yeah. they just threw me into a room full of cameras and I couldn't get away so I have a little bit a little post-traumatic stress around it <laughs> that you guys are totally you don't know about you know and then also yeah. like the label sometimes they don't tell you so they try to trick you and yeah. then so you get super paranoid right. and the other guys mm-hmm. it's like one is my manager and he's just like oh no she doesn't like that and uh, and the and tall guy is my husband and oh. he's a camera man he's making he's taking all the photos of me and filming me so he's like oh my god <laughs> oh he did your music video yeah right, right. yeah and he's so tired of this problem because he's he, when we just have to shoot videos i'm always complaining and get over it yeah exactly <laughs> it's like come on now you're a big and girl third guy was the blue note guy. yes and i just met him yesterday yeah it's my new label yeah so congrats on that yeah, it's cool. Yeah. yeah, it's very cool. But you were about to talk about getting outside help, and then you brought up the tall guy, your husband, aka your husband. Yes, <laughs> he's my secret <laughs> weapon. Yes. Right in the studio. Yeah, because yeah. he will he will be like, okay, Aunus, now we have to finish the album <laughs> and right. sit down with me and uh, help you. Yeah, sort of finalize things because I'm. Um, you'd be like, hey, is this one good or is this one? And like, you you just bounce it off of him type um, of shit. Well, actually, I will try as long as possible not to play him anything. Uh huh. Um, because he also has very strong opinions, but um, but it, but he helps me just like say, okay, we have to finish it because I I will, I I I will push that as far as I can. Right. Yeah. So it's uh, he's uh, but I also sometimes bounce stuff off him. Um he has a he grew up with hip hop and uh, 
and has a different musical background than me so he, he it's very good to to hear his opinion he'll be very quick with saying like well, that's boring and that's too long and uh, Mm-hmm. And he's also very good with mix. He wants clarity, and uh, yeah, I, so I trust him. Oh, that's cool. So it's like somebody there, sort of, not necessarily a producer, but a, just a, an, a another outside ear to bounce off of. But outside of that, it's just all you making the whole thing. Yeah. So I don't you, play string instruments. Yeah, but I was going to ask you about the strings. Yeah, it's quite you use strings a lot, and yeah, most of your stuff, I think. Yeah, and it's sort of an an accident I ended up doing that because mm-hmm. um, the first album I made it's mainly piano, and then at some point I was like, oh, I should ask, I should add an instrument, and it was sort of random. Okay, maybe a cello. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more like that. And then I had different cellos in recording with them, and I just edited and tried to mix it. I didn't know anything about mixing strings, so I just tried to do it as best as I could and then then that album it went really it took off by surprise and I had to go and tour a lot of places and then I was like oh yeah I bring a cello player and then on that tour I started to learn about how versatile the cello is and you can have it as bass you can do rhythms you can do beautiful high things you can loop it live and mm-hmm. have co- orchestral so so that's the reason why I, I use it strings today because uh, it's so similar to the voice and then then it also has bass mm-hmm. potential to be the bass in the music or the drums so it's more like yeah i think the albums represents my own sort of development of understanding this instrument and what That's it can do yeah and do you write the string parts or does the cellist um contribute so it depends on how I wrote the song. Mm-hmm. So the songs are often written or on piano. And then I'll think, okay, maybe I could replace it with a pizzicato or colenio part instead. And then I'll just try it out on a MIDI mm-hmm. thing. And then I'll have a string player redo that. Um, and then we'll sometimes ha- just have some sessions where... I used to sing a melody line I have in my head. And then we do a lot of random uh, playing and then I'll edit it for mm-hmm. a very, very, very long time. And then sometimes I end up not really using it or just using one line. And then sometimes I use a lot of it or something new comes out and I re-record on that. Um, so it's it's not always the same. But I haven't really worked with the arranger. I've, I've, I'm all... I, I like this that I accidents can happen and I can sort of mm-hmm. develop from that. And it's, it sounds like more like it's a whole like quartet of strings or something too. Is, or is mm-hmm. it mainly just a cello? Or so in my open, it's mainly violin that I pitched down. Oh, okay. Um, but there's a bit of cello on a few songs. Yeah, and it's just one at a time I'm recording and, and then I add a new musician uh depending on what i feel it needs but i'm i'm getting more curious about recording more strings uh, string players because you get something nice going on that is out of your control maybe one of them is playing flat or something and that can create something really nice like you have on these old for example old motown records Mm -hmm. like another kind of dynamic 
you will also but that would also mean I would have to record in a bigger room I'm just recording a tiny room where I'm adding all the reverbs and it's totally under under my control right but I'm I'm slowly getting interested in in sort of going away from that and getting more more live sounding maybe older more, more dynamic sounding string section right yeah, there's a qu- there's a big quality to your music. It has like a big emotional, like it's also very big, you know, with m- but minimal. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you explain that? Are you, do you have big emotions that you're feeding into it, or have you ever considered that? Like, so I like that the music is in a way minimal because mm-hmm. if it's sort of I feel like I have to understand it myself each element I add and I want it to be transparent and clear what's happening but then sometimes I like that you can build on that and then it can become bigger and maybe a tinge of chaos can appear because maybe that's how I experience things sometimes too you know Um, um, I've never really started from that point from the big and maybe more chaotic point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I guess my music represents how I experience things. In many ways, I feel like it's it represents me much better than I'm able to express myself with words or, you know, it's like much more pure and honest and I feel sometimes like everything else is a little bit just like the result of social norms and you know how we have to behave in this world when mm-hmm. music is like somehow above that mm-hmm. yeah it's from the ocean <laughs> 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 but um yeah i heard you say like when with that song it's happening again that you were trying to um express that what it was like to be inside of your head no oh, yeah yeah and so what is it like? What what and what is happening again? What's the it's? Yeah. <laughs> what, it's. <laughs> what's the it's? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Don't don't you sometimes feel like things are repeating? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know what my it's is. I just want to know what your it's is. I mean, it's happening again over here, too. (laughs) (laughs) You're not the only one, Agnes. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's why it's popular, because it's happening again all over the fucking place. Yeah. 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 There's so many... annoying things happening again I guess for everybody and um, and and but I also feel like that's just on a micro level or micro level I guess you would say and uh, and and but but on a macro level things are also happening again I have that feeling too like these patterns mm-hmm. um, and uh, so yeah but I, d- I, I don't know if I can come with any specific examples that will make sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think you can know. I think you know what I mean. I, 
Es ist... Uh, I, uh, for me, the important thing about that song was I, I have that experience sometimes a feeling is happening again and then I wanted that to be conveyed in the production of the music mm-hmm. uh, and uh, this that s- maybe a feeling is taking over your mind and you're completely aware of it happening and it's ridiculous mm-hmm. but still you're just taken by it mm-hmm. like I have a wave or and you're just a this and then you but you're still able to register it completely mm-hmm. and then I wouldn't wanted to communicate that also in the production so it's so it's uh, strings and uh, old instrument called trautonium mixed together to make it I didn't want it to be too beautiful I want I want it to be beautiful but also have this tinge of this metallic menace yeah yeah because it's is usually menace <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of menace involved Wait, so, um, yeah what's the instrument called Tautonium. Tautonium. <laughs> I mean, come on. How does an American say it? Tautonium. Tautonium. Maybe trautonium. Can I get one of them trautoniums <laughs> over here? <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I need to represent what's going on in my head. I need a trautonium. <laughs> yeah. Need, it needs another. But I think what, the company. What is it? <laughs> it's uh, it's one of the first. It, it's very German. It's yeah. a, one of the first synthesizers, if not the first mm. synthesizer, uh, made okay. by I think his name is Paul Hindemith, mm-hmm. and the guy who developed it was a guy called Oscar Sala, and um, it is like this big module, like a module synthesizer mm-hmm. with oscillators and and different stuff, and then you play on strings, and uh, there's a very good reason why the tritonium didn't really. Take off. <laughs> 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 because it's impossible it's not impossible but it's really difficult to play and it's potentially lethal because if you don't plug it into a, a you know a power plug with earth yeah. you will be electrocuted to death that's yeah. great I it's love that great. thing no, wo- no wonder they're popular in <laughs> Germany play yeah, yeah. <laughs> at your own risk <laughs> But wait, yeah. I'm just kidding, Germany. Are uh, they still around? Can you buy them in stores or? N- no. But how'd, no, you you can't. Fi- how'd you find one? So, so there was this guy who was trained, I think, by Oscar Sala. Uh, this guy, this modern composer who gave his life to the instrument. Um, and his pupil is and now. Right, right on his death, but he's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I should have stuck to the piano. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, his pupil, he ha- he's the only one who had the manual to make it, and he's the one who made it for me, and I think oh, a guy wow. in Norway. Wow. So it's a remake, but it's not... I even think he went bankrupt. Did or they something. fix the ground issue, or that exists in the That remake? certainly still exists, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all they would need to do is change the plug out. Couldn't take that out. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, like, yeah. How much does one of those set you back? Um, ten thousand euros. Are you kidding? Yeah. And you bought one? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> well, it's custom. Custom Damn. made. Come well, on. Well, I'm me and this Norwegian guy. I'm the only ones who have one. Wow. And it's uh, and it sounds great. You know, it's just super <laughs> difficult to play, and you can't tour with it. And and I still don't really master it, to be honest. Uh, and I, for me, it's. Uh, 
a friend of mine called Daniel. He's much better at playing it, so he's been helping me out with playing it. But the idea was to make a whole album uh, on, on it. it. But it was just so difficult to play these metal strings. It's not like playing a piano. Yeah. So it just made it made its way on a few overdubs, and that was it. <laughs> and you tri- put it on eBay for three hundred bucks. No, money well spent. It's a joke. No. <laughs> well, I'm actually not a gear nerd at all. I tell you that yeah. like the synthesizer guys, you know, they will they will love the Trottonum. So it has a cool factor for these guys. Yeah. And, and I just I just have a few synthesizers, and this one is really unusual. And like unusual synthesizer can cost millions. Yeah. It's so it's not really ex- uh, so expensive, but I w- I have to admit I I find it really difficult to work with. Yeah, yeah. I want to get a Moog One. Oh, don't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> I, mean, like, I got three of them. Of course. No, nah, <laughs> man, they're like those are another one. They're yeah? like six, seven, probably six grand. It's a full synth. It's um well Moog is like usually like a you know single yeah. single voice. Now nah, well yeah they make pedals too but a synthesizer. Usually a mono synth. This one has like eight voices, so it's like eight mugs, and then you can and play like. You can't get an app for that. You need the, the nah, actual mug no. thing. No, it's it's intense. Do you use apps ever to to record? Or Is that apps? Yeah, like on the phone. You know, we we're trying. Like you were talking about what technology does to us. Do you use it in any way? I use as a voice recorder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, just I have a tuner. When yeah. Joe plays live, he incorporates an iPad and, and oh, samples and, and sort Sometimes. of brings it into yeah. into modern age and mm. makes full use of it. Yeah, but I know. I just talked with, uh, with my sound engineer yesterday night about a band from Denmark where all the instruments are from iPads. Mm-hmm. Just putting up iPads on stage. That's and funny. we were talking about how, you know, my keyboard could just be like several iPads. Yeah. I could just like that and then, <coughs> yeah. Well, you certainly can incorporate it if you want. I mean. Yeah. But how how do you use the iPad? I mean, I use it because I do, uh, I use a looper and, and I'll, I'll plug an aux cable into the iPad. Usually I do most of my percussion sounds from the guitar, but every once in a while I'll have a drum machine on it and I'll just use, instead of a drum machine, yeah. you know, it's a uh. real simple thing. Okay, cool. And I don't always use it. It's it's not necessary. It's just another thing. Yeah. You know. But isn't that a problem with the iPads that, you know, if you have that cable in, how do you how do you recharge it? Well, how do you don't risk that it goes out of uh, runs the out ca- of battery? <coughs> the ca- I still ha- I have my iPad has the uh, old eighth inch in it, so I can have the eighth inch in and charging it at ah. the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, it's just the new iPads. A problem. Or I guess you get a splitter. Yeah. That's <laughs> above my point. <laughs> I don't know. Where? How did you get into music in the first place? Where did you grow up? So I'm I am from Denmark. And yeah. I, and I grew up in uh, Copenhagen, a little bit north of Copenhagen. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And my, my father was very interested in music. He wasn't doing music professionally when I was a kid, but he had when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Um and was he was collecting instruments. So I grew up with a lot of uh, um, instruments around. And I was sent to a sort of school where we had a lot of music. Uh, it was not sort of, sort of I don't know what you call it, a hippie school where you were sort of... Mm-hmm. Like um, an art-based school. Yeah, you could sort of choose 
the creative uh, things you want to explore, and I always was for some reason interested in the musical music thing. So I did a lot there and went to piano, and I played some bands early on, and continued playing in bands. And yeah, I don't know. It's so hard to know why you end up. But I just uh, very when I was in high school, I I actually dropped out of high school to s to study recording because I got this idea I wanted to become a producer. And well, and you are one. Yes. Yeah. A now. A absolutely. <laughs> I mean, for your own records, anyway. Yeah, for my own records. Yeah. Yeah. So you you had a good idea. Yeah. I don't know where I got that idea from, but I, I had friends who were instrumentalists mm -hmm. and they wanted to go to a conservatory and play a very high level, skill level, the instrument. Yeah. And I could feel I was not that kind of musician. I, mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't feel like really high on sitting, playing for six hours and practice scales or something. I did, this wasn't my thing. So I was just trying to figure out what it was that w was so interesting and I uh, and we did we recorded on tape there at school and we used Cubase and and it was uh, there was a lot of boys obviously and uh, many, many of them were into hip-hop and it was like all kinds of music and and then I met a guy who was starting a studio and then he brought me into the studio and he sort of told me a lot of things and we ended up having a band together and um and and at the same time i played piano and wrote songs on piano and uh and H how old were you here this is when i was 17 yeah and how long have you been writing songs by then on piano I pl i've been writing them for, um, since i was uh, i don't know 12, 12. but it, but i w hadn't really mastered the, this with writing lyrics that was when i met this guy his name was elton mm -hmm. and uh then i started writing lyrics with him but he was much better at it than i was and uh, yeah and but i also had other projects and then at some point i ended up working alone and i think it was also because of my partner the tall guy who was here before he was saying that, that he liked much more the stuff I was just playing at home on the piano and why I didn't work alone, why I always had to work with others. And um, and he, in a way, said, like, you should just set up a little studio at home. It was really him saying it to me instead of going to other studios mm -hmm. all the time. And, um, and then I did that. And then when I moved to Berlin when I was 25, I lost all my sort of musical connections, so I really had to work alone. Mm -hmm. And I immediately got the idea I wanted to make my own album, or at least I had all these piano songs that I felt like I was starting to forget. So I, l I had to just record them. And then I started uh, recording them so I didn't forget them. And that became my first album. And then things took off, off from that. How long did it take you to record them? Well, I was also studying, so it was sort of on and off. But um, I think all in all, two years. Mm. Yeah. Do you, and you have like a pretty s seemingly intense work work ethic, but do you ever grapple with like procrastination and like stuff like that? Like, do you struggle to get to a place of 
being in the flow or what's that like for you? Yeah, I think procrastination has something to do with with um, as soon as something is really important for you, like uh, mm-hmm. some yeah you then then you can start to build expectations of what you how you want it to be, mm-hmm. and and then you have the risk of failing those expectations, and then that's when you start to procrastinate. From fear. From fear, yeah. At least in my case. Mm. So I, I really have like some ideas about. I often have that um, of something I want to make, mm. you know, and then I can get the fear that I'm not able to do it, that it's, it won't be as f- as cool as it is in my head, and then um, then I stop procrastinating. So so I have had problems with it but but the i do sort of things to trick myself so i don't create these expectations but yeah but what are those things it's just like trying to work with no expectations like even if i have it i just forget about it and just do Mm -hmm. it for fun like trick myself into just having fun with it and yeah yeah. that's so key just to yeah because when when you're first starting out and you're just developing or discovering your voice, you, d- you don't have the weight of those expectations. And it's such a celebration yeah. of creativity. Yeah. And every idea seems like, oh, let me chase this and see what this <laughs> does. And well, that's cool. And everything's <laughs> like a, a thing. But then like, yeah, once you go into it, then it's like the opposite comes in and it's like too much like yeah expectation beating yourself up oh this isn't good enough (laughs) like comparing yourself to others who were some of your early influences like and what and who are your influences now like do you do you have any songwriters and i know you have like classical influences like eric eric sati is a big one of yours right yeah yeah i really like also ravel and Debussy, right? Yeah, and I think you can say they are sort of similar in their approach. Mm-hmm. That the music pieces not always have like a clear beginning and end where mm-hmm. you end on the. Ta-da. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 I feel it's like I don't know. For me, it's it's like more like how I experience things because things are not like so linear in experience. It's more like a cluster of. I don't know of feelings and moods and impressions, mm-hmm. and s- uh, yeah. So I've always felt very connected to this music because I can. I feel the same way, but I don't know. Is there any like contemporary, like even pop songwriters that you rate or that you are inspired by? Pop, or yeah. not necessarily pop, but just like you know. When I say pop, I even mean like Radiohead, like you know, yeah, like uh, things that aren't classical. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. Um, Are you a Kate Bush fan at all? Do you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But actually, I've actually not listened so much to Kate Bush. Right. But, uh, the, but people ask me so much about it, so I say yeah, yeah. But for example, I listen much more to Joni Mitchell. Right. Um. Um, I think when I discovered her music, I, I really liked the thing that um, that it's so idiosyncratic. Mm-hmm. It's you're like she just has a sound, right. and it's like it's so much her. Yeah. And 
it's so strong somehow yeah so that had I guess that had some impact yeah. they probably compare you to Kate Bush more because you're not playing an acoustic guitar <laughs> right yeah yeah um yeah, I guess and I have a high voice. And I actually mm -hmm. find out if I pitch my voice a little bit like two semitones, you get closer to the Kate Bush, Bush sound mm -hmm. and Dolly Parton. I can also <laughs> pitch it up, yeah. get close to that. But um, yeah, but I, I, I'm not, I don't know her music extremely well, but uh, I, I, I like it. But uh, if I should, um, Cocktail Twins, for example. I also oh, I love them, yeah. I really love this too, but... Uh, and Scott Walker, Scott Walker, it's something later I discovered. Doesn't he like um, use meat as a percussion instrument in the studio? Have you ever heard that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Meat, meat, meat. <laughs> yeah, he brought in like a slab <laughs> of meat and was beating it. Yeah, he was beating his meat. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> as the snare or what? <laughs> I don't know. I just, this is one of the things I read at one of the one of the times he was putting yeah. out a record. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, which uh, was that drift or tilt? Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, anyway, um, for me, Scott Walker was so important because um, so I knew about his music. Mm -hmm. I actually knew him from that guy Elton I play with, and I knew his earlier stuff, which is great. But it was when I heard the Electrician, which is a song he made for an album from '78 or '9 with the Walker Brothers, that I realized that music or a song a pop song could be like a way of stepping into the mind of another person and experiencing so in a way i knew that but that but that each sound in the production is informed by this experience how and in what in what way so the electrician <laughs> is like this amazing song you know and right. it's, for me it's a nightmare right you know you're in the nightmare and it's like it's like it starts with this, uh, I don't know, sort of synthesizer sound or keyboard sound, and then, or is it a bass? I don't know. I can't really say. But then the then it then when the chorus comes, the whole song transforms into a sort of more of a dream, mm. and <laughs> it's like acoustic guitar, and it's uh, yeah, it's really and it, the lyrics are so absurd. Um, like if you. If you push the handle, I'll 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 die my sleep. He's singing, mm -hmm. and if you push the handle, I'll die my sleep. Yeah, it's like cut up type stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that for me that was like okay, that's pretty much how the how I experience many of my dreams in that sense. And then mm -hmm. and um, so yeah, I felt like okay, I feel like I know him so well after this, and I also and I also felt that production could in a way be songwriting because you are telling the story mm -hmm. uh, not just with words and melody but you're telling it with each little sound yeah yeah you your your work does that you have that and by the way your tiny desk concert was off the chain <laughs> you think so fuck yeah no, you, are you I'm you don't think so <laughs> i have to tell you i never watched it because i'm so afraid of watching myself listen just listen to it. I'll tell you what, it's great. And and um, the band you assembled for it is like all female, and then they're like they're singing. Yeah. You, you know, like uh, all your different voices almost. It's like really, 
what what one thing because uh i do a lot of self-recording and multiple me voices harmonies things too sometimes but i never thought to bring like representatives of that really like <laughs> every time it's live it's just a different thing then yeah, uh. but you sort of like really preserved that energy and mm -hmm. into great effect and everybody played together in this very interesting way like one time it was percussion instruments and everybody seemed super into it. i was wondering how you sort of orchestrated that because it, it it was really effective and well done oh thank you but yeah. i have to say the the live is also very much the people I'm playing with. Right. So, like, where would you find them? Because they seem great. Is yeah, what they I'm are. Trying to say. Yeah, they are great. It's yeah. like, uh, for example, I think uh, Christina. She's a cello player, but in that session, she's playing uh, goat feet, which is like actually disgusting. It's dried goat feet. It's like a, I don't know if it's when a she Turkish. Thro throws it up in yeah, the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Turkish instrument. It's just a percussion thing, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, she was tossing it though, like <laughs> to the beat, perfect. I'm like, damn, that seems like, <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> like take some skills. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's. I feel like we, of course, I'm the one with all the opinions all the time. But um, I've learned that it gets much more interesting when the others can come with their ideas. And mm -hmm. I think it was Christina's idea with a with a goat feed yeah. and so on. You know, like uh, and also people can develop their own parts and yeah. and uh, so you're not like a dictator like people are kind of contributing yeah. or well as of course sometimes i can be like okay maybe we shouldn't play it that folky or maybe that's too romantic or i can have sort of for example we are doing the new album and there's a song called broken sleep and then because i know that song is also about nightmares and so I wanted it to sound like nightmares at the end. But as soon as the others n know it's about a nightmare, then they'll try to interpret it. Yeah. It'll be too much of a... It'll, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a cartoon nightmare okay. all of a sudden. You yeah. want it to be a real nightmare. Yeah, yeah. No, but no, I, I like to hear their version of nightmare. But they maybe immediately would play it really beautifully. Mm -hmm. and, tr and like a dream, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's maybe where I will go and interfere. I see. But otherwise, I really like the ideas and um, yeah. Is that your touring band now, or do you tour solo, or? No, yeah, I'm I'm touring with Christina with the Goldfeed. Yeah, uh, she's playing cello and looping and singing, and uh, and then I'm and then I have uh, English percussionist. She's not in that session, but she's really great. She's mm -hmm. also playing mallet and singing, and I'm playing with a Dutch viola player who's mm -hmm. also looping her her viola and singing. All female. Wow. Yeah. All, all yeah. Female, yeah. Yeah, and we are all from different countries. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a great uh, cultural encounter. Are you <laughs> touring in a sprinter, on a bus? How are you, how are you traveling? We are touring on a bus. On yeah, a bus. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, one thing I noticed, too, in a lot of your productions is there's not much, like, uh, you kind of steer away from heavy beats, drums. It seems like you keep it open or something. Yeah. Is there... Is there is that on purpose? Obviously, it's on purpose. But is it thought about, or is it just oh, that's how it happened, or what's there? Is there a reasoning behind it? Yeah, I feel drums have a very strong aesthetical um, 
style to it. Like as soon as you hear drum, you hear a musical style. Yeah. And so I, I've always tried to f sort of make my drums myself with yeah. the. Sub I mean, by hitting stuff and using a piano. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I have my shoe beat, which I make with my sandal. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the. Uh, or use uh, cello uh, bow or um, yeah stuff like that and and I think why I've tended to do it like that is because I want to avoid this very strong stylistic um, uh, indications in the music. You want to keep it out of the box. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. and a drum tends to box something in anyway, just yeah. by its very nature. Even outside of the style of it, it literally like. It does ground things, yeah. whereas I feel like your music is floating or or in the sea kind of thing, like what you're saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to learn about it. I th I love drums, you know. And yeah. I, just, I just I want to. It's one of those instruments I have to learn about, and then I think I'll, there'll come more <laughs> drums in my music. And I also love this when you use drums really sparse. Mm -hmm. It's like you just have a snare. Yeah. Once. Yeah, <laughs> and then it comes back again. You know, it's like 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 that. Uh, but I still I'm still learning about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you ever do uh, soundtrack stuff? Have mm. you been? Um. Actually, I did it when I was a student. I've done some soundtracks for friends and student films. Yeah. Um. But here later on, I haven't really done so much yeah it's um yeah i've I actually tried to do one but they, they fired me what <laughs> happened yeah i don't know it was a hollywood thing and actually the guy who ended up making it is one of my friends oh yeah it's funny small world um but i also realized that i probably don't fit into the world of soundtracks did you get fired because um you didn't like being sort of told what to do or guided or in that kind of way? Yeah, I don't know what exactly why. So they promised me I could do exactly what I wanted, <laughs> but that, you know, it wasn't maybe the case. And I understand it's like a big project to make a film and mm -hmm. uh, the soundtrack is just a tiny bit. And, uh, and I don't want to be too professional. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I want to. I want. I don't want to lose this thing that I. That I like it, and it's in a way my favorite hobby. In a way, and if you become too good at creating certain emotions, too aware of it, right? I'm afraid that I'm sort of corrupting something that is special to me. So I was in a way quite relieved when he called the director and said, "Like, yeah, we." not gonna work with you anymore um so um yeah I d i'm not sure i'm i i'm really up for doing it again i i really like make be controlled by my own imagination and not trying like trying to sound like avopert or yeah getting all these mood music and trying to replicate that it's i think that's other people people are much better at doing that Mm-hmm. yeah but your music does lend itself to sort of uh Soundscapes, sounds, yeah, that kind of thing. Pictures, yeah. So, do you like New York? Yeah, I do. <laughs> How long are you gonna be here for? Oh, we are here tomorrow. Two shows in Brooklyn. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, and then National Sawdust. Yeah, yeah. 
Are you guys coming? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, when, when, when is it's it tomorrow? It's 16th and 17th, right? If I remember tomorrow? Correctly. Tomorrow. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to come. Tomorrow and the next day. We'll yeah. I'll talk to the blue note. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get on the guest list? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Right. <laughs> I've never been to National so That's right mm. near Music Hall of Williamsburg. I think it's a little small venue. And... Never been. And it's supposed to, so I've never been there either, but it's supposed to be sort of wide, and that's nice, so you're close to the audience. Kind of like uh, the Troubadour in L.A. Oh, yeah, I was just there, yeah. You ever play there? No, I never played there, but I saw a great concert there just uh, a few weeks ago, yeah. That was really cool. Who did you see? Pixies. Oh, yeah? Nice. Are you a, f- are you <laughs> a fan? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. So you like just like straight up rock and roll, too, and stuff like that? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, cool. What I, I was. Cu- I just have two short questions. One is, since you produced and mixed and recorded the last album in the past, did anyone, since you're on a label, and your new album's coming out on a new European label, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a big classical it, label, <coughs> isn't it? What, what is it called? Deutsche Grammophon. Right. I couldn't say it. <laughs> Deutsche Grammophon. Deutsche Grammophon. <laughs> Did they ever, did someone ever come to you and say, hey, just try this producer once or like give the tracks to someone and see what happened and you were okay with it or, or it never came up? And the second question is, why did you decide to sing in English? Oh, those are good questions. Very good questions. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, man. Good job. <laughs> Um, just because it's probably hard in it, it's just I yeah. always wonder why the Europeans. Obviously, English is like the international. Do you language, always sing in English. Yeah. So yeah, those are my two questions. So let's start with the English one. Um, um, I the school I went to was a uh, international school. So when we were all together, the whole school, which we were quite often for some reason, we sang in English. So that was before I spoke and understood English. Um, and all the music we played there, as far as I remember, was in English. I played in a children's band where I sang Prince songs and stuff like that mm-hmm. in English. Right. <laughs> like I sang Cream, and I had no idea what that song was about. Really? Prince's Cream? <laughs> yeah, Prince. <laughs> cream. Yeah. That's a great song. But uh, yeah, I was Odd like... Choice. 10, you know. Doesn't that have your filthy, cute baby? You know it. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> Cream. Yeah. Get on top. Exactly. Cream. Um. You can't stop. <laughs> you can't stop. <laughs> Cream. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm English. I don't even know what he's saying, but yeah. anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But I sort of got a sense what the song was about quite late. I was like, oh, oh. But, um, well, what? It's about getting on cream rises. <laughs> like you're, you're taking it in the, the other place. Okay. okay. It gets both things, I guess. It can be both. It's both. Yeah. That's a beautiful I thing. I mean, Prince, you know. Um, yeah. So, so I, I was used to singing in, in English and I haven't sung so much in Danish. And I think, yeah. So I think in a way I feel so music and English is connected in my mind and makes sense and I can mm, I can sort of my imagination can grow uh, can is feeding on it in a way I will also s- listen a lot to the sound of it and 
I don't know if it's like that for you because it's your oh it's not your first language it's uh, on my in my case it sort of is but yeah, of I okay. prefer English but yeah okay but but it's like for example there's some words in English where I really get like all this imagery in my mind uh, and maybe because I never had to sort of do my tax returns or whatever in English or mm. something you know or uh, so it's so linked to music and films also mm -hmm. so I can really get a lot of ideas from it um, and uh, yeah and the sound of it I really like it in music um, I think I could also sing in other languages but I'm not sure about Danish because it doesn't Maybe, but I have to find a way. But if, for example, Swedish. Uh, I listened to a lot of Swedish music as a kid, so I have also a re relationship to that language in music, and I find it very musical and beautiful. And uh, yeah, so so I think that's how it is for me personally. And then, of course, you know, I live. I don't live in Denmark. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if the Germans or the French or the would would understand, but I don't know. I don't know. I could maybe I could do an album in Danish, but it's for me personally, it's, it's English has made sense because of the way I was taught the language through music. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, it's hard for me because I don't know how it is for you, for example. So you both grew up with English mm -hmm. and. Uh, how it is then for you to sing in English I guess how if if that's like uh, yeah it's hard to know this with when you have several languages and for me each language I know has a different represents something differently mm -hmm. um, but yeah but I do struggle with like people don't understand what I'm singing and also when I speak English it's very often the case <laughs> how, how, diffi how difficult is writing lyrics for you um it's it depends like the song it's happening again mm -hmm. that just came with the song mm -hmm. and also there's a song i wrote called riverside it came so easily it mm -hmm. was like it was like the piano melody was telling me this is what the song is about water and dum -dum -dum. and then other songs are like longer processes and i just give up on them and go back to them sometimes mm -hmm. so but it, yeah but i'm i'm much more into sound than words mm. i'm not gonna be a poet or something and that will be very poor poetry in that case um but uh, I, and i don't think it would help if so if you like the sound of the words but not necessarily the meaning sometimes you'll let it go like that or sound <laughs> is sound trumps meaning well, I think you like the sound of the word because of the meaning. Yeah. So I don't believe <laughs> you can. Yeah. No, I'm f I feel you on that. No. Yeah. Do you uh, ever use words for sounds in songs? Just in Well, when I'm writing, a lot of times, if I'm writing from the music first, then it'll be like phonetic sounds that will then um, lend themselves to certain words that will then coalesce into meaning but i agree with what you said though no you like the sound because you know I, I think words are enormously powerful i've been like really thinking recently more too about how we speak 
real our reality we we speak reality into existence i'm really cautious of what i say like mental habits i saw a songwriter friend on the street yesterday and he was like hey how's it going and and i was and he was like i'm just struggling with writer's block and i was just like listen stop saying that to everyone you see because you're going to keep creating that reality Mm. in fact next person you see or next person you talk to just say hey i'm really excited that i'm in the flow Mm. just start speaking what you want into reality so it's like uh, because uh our words are so powerful yeah and and we unconsciously often just say whatever like speak negative things that we don't want into into existence and we keep reinforcing it yeah yeah that's true that's really true you know yeah maybe that's also why music can be such a relief from words in many ways yeah or it can be a new way of finding yourself find a way into language again that's more poetic and open and because we have all these language habits. Yeah, and well, exactly. And uh, and I do find music in a way, like, when I look at la- listen to language, it's different through the lens of, of music. And it's, yeah. it's suddenly the functionality of the language is different right. in, a, in a musical context. So you, it's freed up in a way. I would love to be able to do it with Danish, uh, but maybe later. Maybe one day. But, like, do you... I I have this happens a lot too because I think songwriting is a way is a form for the subconscious to be communicating to me and um something that's got much more intelligence and and much more vision than I than the small I has yeah. or than the small me has you know um but a lot of times songs will be sort of prophetic like I don't know if I've sp- because of the power of music you can speak those realities into existence as well but like have you ever had the experience of a song like that you wrote say three years ago reflecting a current reality in a way that's shocking yeah like it's terrifying right yeah it's so scary it's it's bonkers i'm so like in fact i'll get to the point where like I'll start writing some dark shit lately, and I'll just be like, "Nope, not gonna write." <laughs> like it'll be a good song, and I'll be like, "Nope, not doing it." Yeah, yeah. Like, but when I was younger, I would just go for whatever. Like, "Oh my god, killer a song!" Now it'll be like, "Nope." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. no, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to create this reality. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But can you speak on that a little bit? Like, yeah, I also noticed it with other songwriters. Yeah. That is, um, do you know about Laza de Sila? Who's that? Uh, she's, uh, she was an amazing singer from Montreal. Uh-oh, the was in that sense is spooky. No. She had that song that she wrote, I'm going to die soon, and then... Yes. No, really? Yeah. I was kind of making a joke. No, it's true. Well, exactly. I think it's the song, fuck, so I'm dude. going in. And What's her name? Uh, Laza. Laza de Sila. She's amazing. Oh, yeah. w- it's one of the most beautiful songs I know. It's called I'm Going In... And I think she's saying goodbye to her partner and, uh-huh. to, and giving him advice on um, on the funeral. On the oh my God, it's yeah. specific like yeah, that. Yeah, specific. And then she's going in. And she, that was before she was diagnosed. I think she didn't, it was like, it was prophetic. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's mind-blowing. It yeah. is, it, it, that's definitely. Uh, and so scary, but also very beautiful and 
I don't know how it must have been for him to to hear that, that song. Yeah, but I I don't have <laughs> something like that. But I have like with small things that happened. Um, yeah, like sometimes I feel like we are so much more wise when we are just open and listening without having ourselves involved in a way. And yeah. I feel like that's what can happen sometimes with music. You know, you're like, you forget about yourself. It's so yeah. wonderful. It's, it's just like away yeah. from it. And then you actually can see all these things m that maybe seem prophetic. I don't know if it's a mind that's making sense of it later on mm. or it's actually, it's because you can sense stuff that's on the way. Yeah. I like my new song. It goes like this. Love my new mansion. <laughs> Love all this money <laughs> that I'm sleeping on. <laughs> no. <laughs> Love my new Tesla driving <laughs> wherever I want to go. All my friends and family. Love anyway, me. Love me. <laughs> and I love everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah let's great. see. Let's meet in ten years and see. <laughs> see if that one works. Yeah. See if that one took. It's a house <laughs> mansion. You, you think it's a hit or what? <laughs> so when is the new one coming out? Actual date? This month or next month? It's coming out February twenty first. Okay. February twenty first. Month. Mm -hmm. Um. Do you ever listen to like Abraham Hicks or any like self helpy like well like she's like a manifest person like that like do you have any kind of self help therapy vibes or anything like do you, are you involved in any of that or is music just lifting all the heavy weight for you? Um, actually, I just recently started to listen to a podcast. No, I don't remember the name of it. Which is uh, has like tips on, ha for example, negativity or yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Is it called "Come to Where I'm From"? <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> because you know we do that here too. <laughs> for instance. <laughs> well, I really, I actually, I have to say because you said this with with thoughts and stuff we're saying. Yeah. I also feel there's something very lonely and alienating if you always have to pretend you're happy and yeah. so I don't think you should like always say the worst things but I also no. think it's be nice if there's room for yeah. saying okay I'm just having a crappy day today yeah. and I'm f you know melancholy yeah, yeah, yeah my yeah. dog died you know it's like horrible and yeah. and it's fair enough you can't just be jolly all the time no, and <laughs> No, but it's good to be conscious of yeah, yeah. the fact that you're creating your reality. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, yeah, that's yeah. that's it. It's like yeah. you know, it's just good to be aware that you you're responsible for yeah. your own. Yeah, 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 yeah. I ha yeah. Space. When I listen to that podcast, I I really it's talking about how thoughts become emotions, and then you yeah. can control your thoughts, and then you can control your emotions. Yeah, but. I do find that as an ideology, it's putting too much on the individual. I th I you really think, I I you have think so? yeah a little bit. You don't think so? You don't think that people create their own reality? I think some people like you know, you somebody gets cancer, somebody's homeless. You know, it's yeah. not it's not their fault. You know, that's something yeah. that happens. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it, that's a tough one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yeah. the whole answer, but yeah, yeah, I'm not like uh, what do you call it? Like, no, we create our own reality. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> <laughs> okay. you know, like, this interview is over. <laughs> this interview is over. If you're gonna speak like that, <laughs> it's that homeless guy's fault. God damn it! No, I'm just kidding. No, but like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because people are born in you know obviously in in at you know abject poverty sometimes and stuff like that so it's hard to f- get your mind around yeah that kind of shit too yeah. like it's easier to say oh yeah we create our own reality when you're kind of like yeah. you know doing somewhat all right yeah i think feel part of me is actually not such a big fan of this self-help because it puts too much on the individual but yeah. i do i do think you should take responsibility for your thoughts and stuff yeah. like that but there's so many things but going you can on. try you can certainly try you can try and there's the like i i'm somebody that um has struggled with depression way in the past because i'm aware of what i'm saying like not now universe <laughs> <laughs> not struggling now at all <laughs> loving it loving life <laughs> but uh ha- you know so i'm aware that like i can bend it one way or the other yeah you know to a degree yeah, 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 to 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 a degree. To a degree. I, uh, yeah, it's um, we also don't know much about consciousness. Right. We barely know what it is. Yeah. So to true. just say like, oh, all emotions are just your thoughts. Yeah. But we still can't barely define thoughts, and there's so different kinds yeah, of way of thoughts. thoughts. And it, where do they even come from? Yeah. We're, we're like programmed. Exactly. Well, this might be a simulation, according to lots of people Completely. lately. We are still sleeping right now. Yeah. We are lying in big glass bowls yeah. somewhere. So citizen glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having a myopic vision in citizen glass. Yeah, I do think some of the self-help is lacking humility, uh, humility and understanding that we, uh, we don't know everything. Yeah. yeah it's even like when we talk about music, oh, I like that piece of music. Or what is that? thing that's judging what you like Mm -hmm. we don't know that either yeah it's we do know it's something to do with the cultural thing and what is valued for some reason but why is it valued then you go into that rabbit hole but then again it's also can it also be some chemical thing can it be what you just drank before can it be the what you grew up with right it's so many things and we talk about it like it's an objective truth. Yeah. And we don't know why. That's true. <laughs> do you like, what do you think happens when we die? I mean, if we die, because yeah. who knows, we could end up being the first immortal humans. I'm yeah. thinking, you know, <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Once they start injecting us with tiny robots. Yeah. That heal our organs. So, okay. So we are like dust first, you know? Yeah. In the universe. Then we're born. And then we die. And then become dust again, you know? So Mm -hmm. we're like born into dust. We're like stars or something. Maybe. But I don't know. That's the physical part more. But what about the spirit? Yeah. What about your soul? And I'm... Yeah, I think in that case, maybe I have some metaphysical beliefs because I don't think the mind is just physical matter. It's not just the no. brain. I really believe in <coughs> the spirit so. and the soul. But uh, so, so I think this, mm, I don't know, maybe, 
Yeah, that's a good question. I, 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 I don't know, but I, I do sense that the mind is more than matter. <laughs> but you know, you, you, um, you don't have any idea about what's going to happen afterwards. No, I'm agnostic. I guess. Are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, it almost rhymes with your name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> 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 All right, well, cool. this has been fun. I hope you. I hope it wasn't too painful. No, it was really nice. Uh, was it okay? Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I re- really appreciate what you're putting out into the world. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, you never answered his question about if they tried to rope you oh. in with a producer, though. They did. They, they did. They did. <laughs> uh, and it just didn't work. You just did. You try. I was just curious if you just gave it a shot and saw and listened why, to and what why, came back. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not like in really overly um, overshare. Uh, no confident person. I'm actually very. I feel like really overshare. But uh-huh. any, anyway. But uh, I've. I tried this with producers twice. You said you are twice. an overly confident person. I'm you're, not. You're I'm not. not. So, you're not. so I've, I've this with, this just psychologically. But when you, you make but, an but album to know like, oh, that's gonna come produce it later and fix everything. Yeah, yeah. That's right. a great power, and I've certainly worked with that. And then, yeah. I, then when that happened, they didn't fix anything. They, they, they made did, it worse. Yeah, they didn't get it, or I. Oh, they were. There was sort they of put a beat on it. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put this hip hop beat on it. Yeah, I was I was shocked. I said the first time I heard the production of my first album, I yeah. I, I I broke down in tears. You know, it was not what I was hoping for. Yeah. Um. But it doesn't mean it can't happen. But you're confident in record making. I feel like you're confident in music i feel like i guess on music i am you are yeah, you yeah. Co- you exude that i do that okay yeah um, you mom. do she has the vision you exude it oh that's good to know yeah that's one place something is good as exuding stop saying that stop. there's many places you speak in your reality oh, yes, that's a true Come on, oh that's my god yeah everywhere <laughs> everywhere it's amazing <laughs> holy shit i love this life <laughs> <laughs> oh my god everything's great uh, yeah. <laughs> do you guys have kids you and your husband no no, no. we have a dog well that's a sour kid <laughs> any, but, any interest in kids yeah definitely yeah it's just i've so far touring and making albums has been not very kid friendly no it's not that kid friendly no but i i would love to yeah absolutely yeah well, cool. Oh, and then, so uh, from from New York, where are you going? American tour, or what's uh, what's happening? When's the album dropping? February. February? What did I say? Dropping? <laughs> did that make you laugh? <laughs> what made you laugh? I, I was like, why did I say dropping? I never say that. It just popped out of my mouth. <laughs> what is funny? No, this is something funny. What? No, yeah, it's, I don't know. You're not going to tell me? Yeah. No, but uh, we're going to L.A. <laughs> we're going to L.A. and playing All two right. shows at the Masonic Lodge. And uh-huh. then we go home, do some promo, and then the real sort of big tour starts. Okay. And then we'll be back in in April in New York City, opening for a band called Dead Can Dance. Oh, yeah. Killer. 
Yeah. Where? Webster Hall or something? Where are they playing? Uh, Radio Music Ooh. Hall. Radio City Music Hall. Boom. City Music Hall. Wow. That's yeah. 5,000 people. That's, that's great. A, that's nice. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Congrats. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. And also some other beautiful places. Uh, I think in Chicago and and in LA we're playing this huge venue and in Mexico City. And wow. So like, we're super excited That'll about it. That'll give you more exposure that tour. Yeah, 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 and yeah, I'm very curious to see their set too. They're playing with medieval instruments. That has to be perfectly. Hey, maybe you could tempered. sell them that synthesizer. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> have I got a synth for you? <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> you know, I hope they're not gonna watch this. Unload it. <laughs> 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 There's only two of these. <laughs> <laughs> Careful about where you plug it in, though. <laughs> oh, man. It's the really only instrument with a disclaimer may cause death. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, thank, thank you. you thank you for doing this. Appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah. See you all. Thank See you, everybody. Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. <laughs>